0: Thanks to everyone that listened to our first podcast last week. We really appreciate all the positive feedback. Hey, one thing we learned is that if you're not subscribed on Apple Podcasts, you don't actually get access to us straight away. So go and subscribe right now. Let's get into today's episode.
1: Welcome to the Teach Us podcast. A place for Australian teachers to tell their stories and hear from passionate educational program facilitators across Australia. Happy listening.
0: Well, welcome to our podcast today. Um, I'm Heidi. I'm here with Julie. Hi. And today we've got a treat for you. We're going to be talking with Dan, who's a teacher over in Singapore. Are you there, Dan?
1: Yes, I am. Lovely to hear. Lovely (laughs) to hear your voice, Heidi.
0: You too. I should I should let our listeners know that um, Dan's an old family friend of ours. So um, friends, we're friends with his mum and dad, and he's adventured over from Australia to Singapore. So Dan, how about we start? If you can introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about um, what sort of teaching you've done over here in Australia.
1: Yes. Yeah, definitely. So. Um I'm currently in Singapore with my wife and we've been here since July, but previously we uh, got married a couple of years ago and we've been living in Newcastle and I've been teaching at um, St Philip's, which is a a fantastic school organisation that has a number of uh, Christian private schools in in the Newcastle and Hunter region. And i had been having an absolutely wonderful time there. was really enjoying my teaching position. I was up at the Bay, uh, so up at Salamander Bay. And part of my role there was to be working as a learning support teacher. So looking after a lot of students who had special needs and learning difficulties, which was such a fulfilling role that I had. And um, I'll be able to tell you much more about that. It was it was such a privilege working at that school and me and my wife felt so settled there in, in Newcastle and we just felt a bit of a, uh, something kind of stirring on the inside of our hearts and we just felt, well, you know, there's an opportunity for us to maybe move to Singapore and my wife loves Singapore, like she adores Singapore oh. and um, we, we had lots of conversations about it and we were trying to figure out timings because we, were, we had a number of other commitments. And so we were trying to figure out where, you know, when would be a good time to maybe make a move and, and make the transfer over here to Singapore. Yeah. So it took us about a year or so. And then we came to the decision that we needed to go for it before we had kids, before yep, yep. we get um, to establish. We, we really wanted to uh, make the move. so. It's been absolutely fantastic. We've, we've missed Newcastle and the beaches and the people and our friends and family, you know, yeah. absolutely drastically. I have, I have saltwater craving at times <laughs> because I'm, I'm a bit of a surfer. So yeah. I, I really end up missing the salt water and, and, the, and uh, the waves. But um, we're, we're really enjoying our, our time here.
0: How do you find the um, the climate over there? Is it hot and muggy most of the time?
1: Oh, it is sweltering. Absolutely sweltering. Yeah. You're set outside and two minutes later you're an absolute sweaty mess. <laughs> so <laughs> you just kinda live live from one air conditioning spot to the next. Uh. So thank God thank God even uh, all the even all public transport is it's all, it's all um, Aircon.
0: Food. Oh, that's great! So, and what do you love about Singapore? <laughs> what do you—the food or the? Oh, number
1: one has to be the food. Yeah, the food here is just like nothing else. You have all the best of Asia. You've got the best of the Chinese food, the Indian food, the Malaysian food, and then you get Japanese and Korean. So it's like this just hot pot of all these yep. different cuisines, and we're called for choice because it's actually easier to eat out at all the restaurants and cafes than it is to eat at home wow. with yourself.
0: Well, what are you doing now, though, if you're kind of, um, you guys are in a bit of a lockdown situation, aren't you? So you can't really eat
1: out? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a few really strict government regulations that have been brought in. In some mm. ways, it's probably good for my stomach because I feel like I've been <laughs> putting more weight on here. So food's just incredible. But um, I feel like uh, lately they've really cracked down on on a lot of the rules and regulations. So what's happened is they've brought in what's called a circuit breaker, they've called it.
2: Right. Which
1: means for a whole month, um, the only two reasons we're allowed to leave our homes is for food and shopping or uh, or for exercise. Mm.
2: Wow. And
1: so unfortunately, we have to always be wearing a mask as well. And I say unfortunately because the mask that was being given are so thick. So I find it quite hard to breathe. Mm. And I almost feel like I'm dying off that man where I can't get enough oxygen, <laughs> oxygen through the mask. Wow. So, um, but at the same time, I, I understand, you know, the purpose of it all. So. It's been, it's been a little bit difficult because I'm, I'm quite a people person. I love, I love socialising and being out with people and connecting with, you know, the local community. So I yeah. find that I'm struggling a little bit um, being cooped up indoors. So I find myself trying to get down to the local park, do a bit of exercise each day.
0: Oh, that's good. You can still get out and do that. Um, yeah. So... If you guys are all in lockdown, what does that mean then for your teaching at the moment?
1: So about four weeks ago, we had to stop um, school. We had to we had to start distance education. Right. So that meant that meant that obviously we had no face to face connection with the students. It was all going to then be online, mm. and we were in a fortunate situation where we had actually had a lot of time to prepare for this. Because
0: How come? How did you Singapore so much time? The
1: second, Because um, Singapore was the second country hit after China with the virus. Oh. So, and, and that happened around Chinese New Year, which was right at the end of uh, January and beginning of February. Oh. So we had a lot of time because we had students already then who had stopped coming to school. Um, because they were on stay-at-home notices and they and they actually weren't allowed legally to come to school um, during that time. Wow. So we had time back then to get ready and be prepared um, and start to strategize because we had the feeling that this virus wasn't going to go anywhere anytime soon. So we, we started to look, okay, this is something that's going to be a bit more long-term. So... Our school set up the online portal yep. where we could post um, videos, where we could upload work, with, and then students could then actually re-upload the work so I could market and respond. And so the whole school, our whole school was really well prepared and organised, which is quite different from what I hear for some of the stories back home in Oz. Yeah. You
2: know,
1: and so we had that, because we had that preparation time, Yep. We were able to, you know, collaborate as a staff and go, hey, this is what I'm finding it's going to work or this is what's been working well. This hasn't been working well. Um, so there's a lot of collaboration and teamwork.
0: That is different to hear. I think it's um very much we've been talking to teachers all over Australia um, and it's a lot mm. more of a an ad hoc approach, I guess. Each different school does it differently. Different teachers do it differently. There's yeah. a, mix, a mix of um, methods within the one school. So, yeah, it does sound yeah. like it's um, it's quite well organised over there. Hey, I realised we jumped a couple of um, topics because we didn't really find out what you're actually teaching over there and what school you're at.
1: Sure. <laughs> so, on that... Uh, it's called Overseas Family School, which is an international school, yep. and it goes from kindergarten all the way through to grade 12, oh. and there's nearly 3,000 students at the school, wow. which is massive. Yeah. It's a huge school. So and I teach they, grade five.
0: Yep. Are they um, Singaporean students or Australian or a whole multicultural mix of nationalities?
1: Oh, huge multicultural mix from inside students in my class from all over the world, students from Turkey, Spain, the UK, India, uh, Australia, um, where I've got some other students from China, a few local Singaporean students as well. Uh, I've just had a new boy join my class in Korea. So they keep me on my toes and they they help me learn all these different languages. So wow. I feel like I've had to, I've had to adapt and, 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 and try and really connect with these students. Wow. So it's been an amazing experience for my own teaching and really stretch me. Yeah,
2: uh,
1: I have a number of very, very bright students in my class, mm. and they'll quickly tell me if I've got one of my facts wrong. Like one day I was talking to them about the, the salt. Oh, you know, I was one day talking about saltwater crocodile. Anyway, I think I made a I made a mention that freshwater crocodiles have the the you know the pound um, pound to pound they have the strongest bite pressure. Anyway, then another student goes, "This is there, you're wrong. It's the Tasmanian devil. They have actually got <laughs> the strongest bite." <laughs> and I, sure enough, I it. I'm like, "Oh my gosh right. I'm completely on top. So you put me and, in my place.
0: And they weren't from Australia, let me guess. They were somewhere
1: else. No, not at all. Oh. So it's, it's incredible the, just the range of knowledge a lot of these students have. Wow. And the cultures that they've come from, they, they can just tell me some of the most interesting things.
0: That is mm. such an interesting experience that you're having. So is your main role to teach them English or you're teaching them Cross curriculum, as if you were teaching in Australia.
1: Yes, yeah, proper proper curriculum. Most right. of them are all bilingual or even trilingual. Wow! Um, but they're all very established with their English. So, yeah. Well, my communication to them is always um, through English, Yeah. and I find I find that their English skills are, are very advanced for their age, and yeah. and I, I find that um. You know, for lots of them, considering that their English is their lots of them our uh, English is their second language, mm. and so you know, you, you would think they would tend to struggle understanding my thick Australian accent, yeah. uh, <laughs> and and even sometimes with, with spelling tests, I'll say a word and they'll write the spelling word down incorrectly because I've just misinterpreted you know yeah. the word through my through my accent. Accent, yeah, so. Yeah. Um, but I, I find that the English feels very strong, and uh, you know they they keep me on my toes a lot um, with, with with all my own um, teaching. So that's it, good for me.
0: Yeah, it would yeah. be. Yeah. So, what things do you think Singapore does well in teaching when you're doing the comparison between you know our Australian schools and international schooling?
1: I think I think one thing that I've, I've noticed the big difference is is in the culture. Right. So education education here is probably just behind, uh, in the list of priorities, family's number one and then education's number two. Right. So there's a lot of family, family pressure on students to perform well with their grades and education. So the support that students get from home is extraordinary, like the, the, the parents are expecting them to, you know, after six hours of education, go home and do two hours of homework and then lots of my students actually then go and get extra uh, support and tutoring. Incredible. So in terms of, in terms of the culture, education is, is really high. So that has made a huge difference um, in, because I find that a lot of students really want to engage in class. they want to learn, they're hungry they, you know they, they want to be extended I've had, I've had so many students. I'm going to say, give me more work, give me more homework. I want to do more. Wow. And, you know, coming from, a, from Australia where we're, you know, it's quite laid back and it's, mm. we're quite relaxed and never really have students asking for harder work. Mm. Uh, you know. No, never. So to have that regularly, regularly here, it's a bit of a reflection on, on the culture. Mm. Uh, the second, I think the other, the other uh, big thing is that there's a lot of pressure on the students too, because the the population here it's obviously Singapore's uh, an island, and it's it's, it's quite a, a big city. But at the same time, there's a lot of competition for uh, for employment positions. Mm. So mm. from a young from a young age, the parents uh, you know are really pushing their children intellectually to try to. Um, be ahead of the of the of the competition and their in their pupils. So they wow. love competing against each other. And I see that in class. I, if a student doesn't come top in in math, you know I've had tears. I've had kids crying. I've had kids oh. uh, kids walk out of class because they were so upset about their grade. Wow. So what I, age? Just, what age are that they? That kind of what?
0: Sort so of they're age ten group and eleven years old. Oh. Hey, but Dan, every kid, <laughs> yeah, every yeah. kid yeah, can't yeah. come top. So, yeah. what happens? Exactly. Are they all? Are they yeah. all just up there in the top percentile, though?
1: Mm. Well, it's interesting because we have what's an extension class. Yep. Um, so, at a, at two hundred students in grade five, there's an extension class for math and there's an extension class for reading. Yep. And so, in those extension classes, only twenty five students can go in there. Right. Mm. So
0: there's
1: so much competition to try and get into those extension classes that often when a student doesn't make it, I've got, you know, phone phone calls that I have to make to parents emails that I have to answer to them because they you know, they want to know why their student hasn't made it why their child hasn't made it into that extension class. So there's a lot of reassurance. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um so it's It's the truth, but I have to reassure them yeah. and say you know child worked so hard that it's the fact is we can only take twenty five yeah.
2: students,
1: so you know Crikey. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, part of the deal,
0: yeah, that's right, it is. So, Dan, what challenges have you faced, or what challenges have you and Lizzie faced together, you know, doing that transition from I guess leaving the country you grew up in and leaving family and friends and adjusting? to a new culture and a different mm. you know, a different school, very different school. And then on top of that, yeah. the COVID nineteen situation, um, yeah. Yeah. What challenges have you have you guys faced?
1: There have been many challenges, but I think as teachers we need, we often need to embrace these challenges as opportunities.
0: Yeah.
1: So for me to me, a lot of these challenges, I've just had to go. No, this is an opportunity for me, and
0: ah, so good.
1: And it's it's, it's actually going to make me stronger. And, and that stretch of the challenge will actually really boost uh, boost my confidence, boost my learning, and really increase my capacity uh, and my drive to, to have a have a better influence on the kids I teach and families that I encounter. So, number of challenges, I think. One of the biggest ones was actually getting a job here in Singapore, mm-hmm. because when Rizzi and I had decided to make the transition, um, I had I made a list and went on Wikipedia and uh, got all the international school, uh, schools. Made a list of all the schools. There was yeah. about twenty-eight schools. Wow! Uh, international schools here in Singapore, and then one by one, I went through and emailed each school. And then I looked on their websites as well, and if I saw that there were positions available, I applied. And you know, it takes time when you have to fill out application forms, and you have to submit, um, you know, all the, your references. So that absorbs a huge amount of time. Like that, that took yeah. me a month, and you know, an hour or two each day of wow. doing that because. Um, so I, I had to be really dil- diligent. And just really commit myself to, to applying for all those positions. Yeah. And then I had nothing back for two months. Wow. Because uh, in the email where I'd sent and forwarded my my resume onto a lot of the schools, I'd mentioned that I was only looking for a six month to uh, one year contract. Right. And they were after a two year two year contract. Ah. Uh. so because of that I I then had to start uh, you know, rethinking, okay, hang on a sec, well, most of these schools I'm not going to commit to a teacher who's going to be there for six months. Yep. So, you know, I, I then had to go, okay, well, this might end up being a little bit longer term than, than just that six-month mm. um, placement. So, anyway, I heard back from only one school, and it was overseas family school, and they said, look, we understand that you're wanting to only commit to six months, uh, would like to have an interview with you. Uh, so I thought, "Hey, okay, great! This is the only school I've heard from. So let's, let's uh, fingers crossed." Yep. And anyway, I had the interview, and the principal is an was an Aussie. did you believe? Huh? And <laughs> he's an he's an Aussie, and it couldn't have been better because he loves rugby league. Oh, like, you found common ground. <laughs> oh. I, passionate Brisbane Broncos supporter. So passionate. So we spent about three quarters of my interview talking about rugby league. (laughs)
0: Because he'd have been starved for people to talk about rugby league with, so it probably probably worked out really well. That's so funny.
1: the The other thing, I felt like a bit of a fool in the interview because he asked me one question about our visa situation. And I remember... For some reason, I just went off on this tangent and didn't even address or answer the question. Right. And got so bamboozled and, and with my own thoughts that I didn't even address the question. And because of, because the interview was through Skype, um, oh, my right. wife was hearing it all and hearing my answer. And I looked at her across the other side of the room and she's shaking her head like, <laughs> you <laughs> idiot, what are you doing? What are you no. saying?
0: Oh, that's the worst.
1: Like, I'm in trouble, like, I've lost this job. Anyway, it somehow somehow just still worked out. And I I, I sold myself well at the end of the interview because, you know, most teaching positions are quite competitive. And living here in Singapore, international school teaching positions are highly sought after. So I really just sold myself and said, look, I know I'm just going to be... I know you wouldn't regret your decision if you hired me and gave me the position and I'm willing to, to work hard and I'm willing to really um, take on an impositional role and apply myself and I know you wouldn't regret it if you hired me. Oh, and, so you know, good. I, sometimes just selling itself like that, I think, and really committing, you know, letting them know that you are committed to to support the school and, and be behind what they are wanting to achieve Yeah, um, really pays off, so... Anyway, two days later they called me back and told me I had the position.
0: That's so good. That's yeah. brilliant. Well sorry, you know
1: what? that was that yep. was a, Yeah, sorry.
0: Oh, uh, I was going to say, um, we've got a question up on our board saying if a teacher is interested in teaching internationally, how do they get into it? Advice for teachers. <laughs> And mate, you've you've <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> so if we were doing an interview yeah. right now we'd be going, You've got the job. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's, well it's I mean, it's it's interesting. Sometimes you just you've gotta be really confident and, and back yourself.
0: Yeah. And
1: yep. you know, even if you don't if you don't if you feel like you're lacking, sometimes you just gotta fake it till you make it. It's almost like you just Really commit yourself to being committed and know that you can, you can be that teacher. Yeah,
2: so can.
1: it's hard but um, I suppose that's what I've learned from, from interviews in the past. So yeah, yeah. that was, anyway, that was the, the big first challenge and then we had to really get things in order because, you know, they needed us there two months, in, within the two months. So we just bought a house, um, so we had a mortgage in Adamstown, a, a beautiful little townhouse. And so we had to then think about, okay, how are we going gonna to go about this challenge of, of finding people to, to, to rent our house out to? Yep. And then we also, we were very committed in our church as well where we were leading the young adult ministry and we had a lot of impact in that realm. And so we had to go, okay, well, this is what, this is what we feel and this is what we are we're a piece on. So we're going to have to make this work and, and we're going to start to do this transition. So we then had to switch hats and go into a moving mode, start packing up our things. And, and so, yeah, that was a, that was another big challenge.
0: Yeah, lots of logistics and involved. And to you know?
1: our family and friends.
0: Yeah, that'd be hard. It's because you don't just... Um, you know, you're not just moving to a new school down the road and you go, oh, well, I turn up there next Monday. Mm. You're actually packing up your entire yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, putting it on hold here. Would you recommend so, it, Dan?
1: Yeah, dude, that was um, it. I would, but only yeah. if you've got the drive and determination. Yeah. Because yeah. if you're 50%, if you're like umming and ahhing, I wouldn't do it mm. because you do need to be fairly committed mm. and... I, I would talk to people who are in your world and get advice from them first, and that's yeah. what we did. We we spoke to both our sets of parents and other people in our lives that we really trusted. And when you make big decisions like this, you don't want to take them lightly.
0: Yeah, that's so right. So you want to
1: make sure you seek, you know, you seek good advice, seek wisdom from people who have got more experience. And I had a really good talk with my principal, as well. Right. I had a really good chat to him. Um, my principal from Phillips mm. and he was brilliant and I really look up to him. He, he's a very hard worker, one of the hardest workers I've ever come across
2: wow. and I
1: have a lot of respect for him because uh, I saw him as a teacher, how how he was able to balance um, his workload with his family life and also how he could gain the trust of the teaching staff and, and, and have a lot of respect but also had a soft spot for the children and, and really being able to connect with them so um, I had a great talk with him and he was really supportive you know he, he, he was encouraging and when, you know when people are encouraging that um, you can trust trust their judgment yeah mm, yeah so uh, anyone who's thinking and weighing weighing up the option it's important to speak to people who, who you trust and even someone that has done it before, But Mm. you know, there's there's a lot of benefits to it as well. Like one benefit is financially, um, my wage is is actually considerable, considerably higher over here.
0: Wow! And
1: even the tax, like the tax uh, percent, is only we only get taxed at eleven percent. So financially, it's it's been fantastic for us, which I didn't realise until. Um, we, we kind of made them move over, you know? Mm, yeah.
0: So, you so can, yeah, you've you got and a and couple of years of getting ahead then, yeah, which is great.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's been, that's been fantastic. So I've already been able to spend a little bit of money back home to pay off a bit of our mortgage and things like that. So, you know, financially, that's been, that's been great. Um because I suppose we don't have children yet, so that's been another benefit too. We haven't yeah. had to spend much money. Yeah. Um, on, on, on all of that.
0: Oh, that sounds. Would you so want me good.
1: to tell you a few other other challenges, or am I waffling and rambling? Oh these? no, <laughs>
0: you're not. You're not waffling, and it's fascinating. Hey, have you got any funny stories? What's the funniest thing that that's kind of happened, or you weren't expecting?
1: Oh, there's been there's been plenty, but um, I think one of them was we took the children uh, to the Chinatown here on an excursion. Yeah. And um, one of the boys in my class, he's a big Chinese boy, and he's bigger than me for a grade five student. Oh, wow. You know, and, and he's got such a great sense of humor. I, I really connect with him because he just makes me laugh and laugh and laugh with students. Anyway, so we're in Chinatown, and we're doing this tour, and that tour guide, um, took us into this room, and of, of, of this house that we were in. And the house was, was built early in the 20th century.
2: Yep. And,
1: you know, we're, we're in this beautiful old antique house and we're in this room. And the tour guide goes, Look, look, children, there's a hole in the ground right here. And they're all keep looking at it going, Wow, wow, wow. And um, anyway, it was the, the guide goes, Why do you think this hole is in the floor? What would they have used this hole for? And, and he had this Chinese boy in white class. He couldn't hold it in. He couldn't help himself. And he, with his with his cute Chinese accent, he goes, "Oh, I know, I know, I know." <laughs> and I'm thinking, "Oh no, what's he going to say?" So the tour guide goes, "Oh yes, what what do you think it's for this hole in the ground?" He goes, "Oh, it's called Pukul. You must through the hole." <laughs> <laughs>
0: Was he right?
1: That <laughs> oh, hole was for them actually throwing water down to scare people away if they were doing the wrong thing outside, <laughs> oh. if they were down there smoking at the front of the house. So, <laughs> oh. It was too far off, but you know. <laughs>
0: that is so, so funny.
1: One other quick one. We were playing dodgeball in yep. the class, in uh, our big activity room, and um, our stage leader had just been saying to all of our teachers, look, be careful if you're playing in the activity room because the principal doesn't want any light clothes broken.
2: Okay. So, you know, i sit <laughs> down with
1: the kids before we start our dodgeball game and i say, all right, kids, look, we can't, we've got to be really careful. We can't be breaking any of the lights here. So, you know, they have to throw the balls up near the roof. You know, and I, went, I gave them a little feel about it for a couple of minutes. Just made sure that they understood the rules. And then sure enough, halfway through the game, I couldn't help myself. And I actually joined in the dodgeball match myself. No. Oh, no. And this ball was rolling <laughs> towards me and temptation just completely took over. And as a, as a soccer player, oh. I couldn't help myself. I just kicked this ball as hard as I could
2: oh, no. without
1: thinking it really. just forgot my brain, And it went straight up broke the light glow uh. and smashed all the glass down on the floor and then all the kids themselves uh. go, Peace Christian And then they run out wanting to tell the stage leader that it was my fault. <laughs> you know, sure enough I end up getting in a bit of trouble for it. But anyway, oh, uh me.
0: Uh that's too funny. You will come home with so many stories, Dan, and such um, great yeah. experience. It's going to stand you in amazing stead for the rest of your teaching career. So, well done, yeah. well done for being brave and yeah. um, getting out there. Thank you. Because yeah. it wouldn't be easy. It would be really hard. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, we've, we've been with and we definitely recommended family and and friends a lot. Yeah, but um, we we we're, we're still enjoying our, our time and experience here. I'd say we'll definitely be back in Newcastle at some stage.
0: Oh, uh, thanks, Dan. Thanks for phoning us and um, say hi to Lizzie as well. And you guys, take yeah, care. I stay hope sure. well. I hope the lockdown ends very soon. But thanks for sharing yeah, your experiences no with us.
1: Can I, um, just last thing I wanted to share: just yeah. one great resource for any other teachers that are listening. That are, it's just been very helpful during this time yep. um, with the virus. Um, it's called Ed Puzzle. Oh. And what, what you do, you, there's all these videos and it's connected to YouTube and Khan Academy and all these other fantastic um, video learning websites. And what you can do, you can set these learning videos up for the students. Yep, and the good thing is there's no advertisements or anything like that, Ah. and you can set little little quizzes for them based on those videos, and my kids have loved it, and it's been such a fantastic teaching tool. So anyway, I just thought I'd throw that throw that into the mix. Definitely.
0: Can you spell Uh, that for me, Dan?
1: So ed. Yep. And then puzzle p u double z l e.
0: Yep. Yep. I thought that's what you were saying but I just wanted to double check. Great. Well, we will um, yeah. look that up and we'll put a link in the um, description for this podcast so that other people can follow that. That'd be mm. great.
1: Yeah, sure.
0: Brilliant. All right. Okay, well, you take care and um, we'll catch up next time you're back home in Australia.
1: Fantastic. I love what you guys are doing. Such a great idea. During this time, we really need to collaborate and help each other out, work together with a lot of this. Is teaching and education so yeah, no sense but thanks for what you're doing and thanks so much
0: for your time. Oh, thanks, thanks Dan. Dan Bye, bye
1: Okay, cheers, bye bye
0: well, well, that was Dan who's teaching at an international school in Singapore and um, with his wife Lizzie over there and just um, hearing about how it's different and the process that he went through to get that job so Hopefully if some of you are interested in that, you can take a few tips from Dan's story. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us. Um, Jump on over and leave a review or tell us what else you'd like to hear and we'll look forward to seeing you next time. Bye. Bye.